Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Good morning, everyone. This is Scott Fawn. Coming up from Jeff City to, to fill in host this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am joined in our Jeff City studios by the legendary John Marsh. Good morning. And the producer, Hannah, keeping the trains running on time. Hello, hello. And I I even was able to somehow (laughs) talk, cajole, bribe the famous Millie Fawn to come up from Blair Oaks in her her state championship Blair Oaks volleyball. Oh, yeah, Yeah. she did that. Just rub it in. Millie, thank you so much for getting up early and joining us. Good morning. All right, let's jump right into the show here. Uh, if you have some thoughts, and I think you might about this, shoot me a text, 874-3815. Call or text. I, so, Millie, is it time that we just admit, I know this This could be, I think this could be a popular take on with some folks. Uh, I think maybe real <laughs> Chiefs fans, this will be about, the, the fair weather Chiefs fans may not be on board here. Uh, I watched Monday night's game. I was, needless to say, quite disappointed. Sunday night's game, disappointed. We go to Lambeau Field. We should have won. The Chiefs are now eight and four. You should not lose four games in two years. Can we say that Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, who that karaoke singer, is a distraction? No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, John. Sorry, John. I, I was hoping you'd be with me on this. I don't I, know. Well, the numbers held up for Taylor because what we were four zero, and when she, at games she attended, but. Uh, the curse of the frozen tundra, I guess, came home to roost. I, I feel like it's a dist- I don't think he's the same Travis Kelsey. I don't see the intensity. I, I think maybe he's he's a little bit too heavy being Mr. Taylor Swift, which is not a good look for your tight end. I just think maybe it's time we just all admitted that Taylor's a little bit of a distraction. I mean, what what is she bringing to the table right now? Seriously. See, that's the point. There's nothing. Uh, I, I I tend to think this would be a fine summer romance, like on like on Greece or something. I don't think this is a very good fall winter romance, especially the defending Super Bowl champions. A lot of pressure to start with. So he's only allowed to date in the off season. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, maybe he could date like a bartender, a waitress, <laughs> or you know, a radio personality. I I, I kind of don't think dating. Well, a I wouldn't singer. wish that on him, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you talk about distractions. That might actually be the distraction. I uh, let's, let's take a vote, John. I I feel like right now, I definitely think we got to can this relationship. But at least until we win, let's say, three games in a row. I mean, I could see her coming to the Super Bowl, but but really not until then. Millie, give me thumbs up, thumbs down. The Taylor Swift thing, it's a distraction, 100% right? A hundred percent no. It's not a distraction. Millie, could you name three Chiefs players that's not Taylor Swift? Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and... Exactly. Hannah, distraction, right? I mean, seriously, no. you're, a, you're a California Pinto. You understand how important it is to win, because you don't get to do it that often. <laughs> oh, so, man! <laughs> uh, you can understand the premium it puts on wins. This window's only so large. Are we wasting time here with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey with him dating a singer? No. Okay, John, uh, I mean, I think I'm going to officially count this as tied. Because Millie can't legally vote, as you know. There you go. Oh, man. What do you on. think, John? Rick. I think I think you're weighing in on something that might better be described for Travis as, uh, instead of you belong with me, to be a cruel summer. Oh. <laughs> uh, I love how John came out of this with the women on his side. That is what you call a radio legendary move right there. Yeah. 
No matter how this ended, that baritone voice is going to have everybody loving him. No matter how. <laughs> and I have uh, have uh, little nieces who would uh, come after me with a with a rake and a hoe if I badmouthed uh, Taylor Swift. Well, you see, John, I'm new around here, but I thought maybe that's why we would talk about this at 6 o'clock. So there'd be fewer of, the, of your nieces up. Yeah, but, good point. But still, I guess the Facebook feed kind of outs you. Um, uh, you know, I, it's fun to talk about Travis and Taylor right there's a lot of really crappy stuff going on in the world and it's kind of a fun distraction um it's boosting the economy in missouri because more people are buying chiefs tickets you mean missouri okay Alrighty. righty uh, here's the thing i think taylor can stay if she'll pronounce the state right well the no, other thing no, is no because you pronounce the state wrong oh uh, that's disrespectful oh. to the missouri indian tribe oh. that the state's named after no, it's exactly. Yeah, that's you disrespecting it. <laughs> Man, we are getting into it. It's six twelve already hey, this if morning. You're gonna, if you're going to come wake up in Missouri, I say you come hot. Hot take central right here. Um, let's talk about we get we get the bottom of the hour. Curtis Gregory, state representative Curtis Gregory from Saline County. He actually played in the Cotton Bowl the last time the Tigers were the Cotton Bowl. By the way, the last time the Tigers were the Cotton Bowl, they whooped Arkansas. Now they whoop Arkansas. It's just a regular occurrence. Yep. It's just a th- the Thanksgiving tradition, turkey stuffing and whooping Arkansas. Uh, but back then they had Derek McFadden. They had a lot of great players. He was, uh, he was part of the offensive line that set the Cotton Bowl record. Then after that we have, uh, uh, we'll have a- the Attorney General Andrew Bailey coming on at 7. Bottom of 7.30, we're going to have Moon Choi, the president of the University of Missouri System. John, can you remember how terrible the university was before Moon Choi? I mean, it was about as low as I've ever remembered it. Uh, oh, the protests on campus. Oh, and, uh, the football the team didn't want to play. Racism and all that Just stuff. Just constantly some kind of drama. Uh, and I tell you, you know, I, I, I don't know how you run a college, but I would say Moon should teach a class in it. It is, it is in the best, you know, Personally, I think it's in the best position I've ever seen in my professional lifetime. And Moon, you know, it's a team effort. But, I mean, he's been the leader of that, that, of that team. And it For was sure. always fun when, time. when I was a student at Mizzou. You'd see him around all the time. Like, he was actually on campus interacting with students. And I always thought that was pretty cool. Oh, one day. I, so we're at, the, we're at the tailgates, right? And we're having a great time. And it's, it's, it's still warm. It's nice. Moon's walking around his yellow jacket. And I, I offered, there was this kid wanted a picture with Moon. So I was like, give me your phone, pal. So I ended up, I was just going to take a picture, right? Be a good <laughs> Samaritan, just a nice, simple oh, hillbilly. I know where this is going. You never get to stop. Nope. No, the, every, who, now what's, what students want a picture with the college president? Maybe that's a thing, but I've not really seen that be a thing. I took pictures for 20 minutes. I just had to say, look, I'm out. I'm done here. I, I, I got to stop. You should have started, started charging for your services. See, you missed an well, opportunity. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, I should have thought of that. Millie, where were you at there? You had to pick me up. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like I how she doesn't hold back. She just pops the balloon. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, then we're going to have Crystal Quaid on, the Democrat nominee for governor. I'm, I'm excited a- about that one. I'm going to tell you, it is uh, one of those things. I, my assumption is there are many of our listeners who will not agree with Crystal about public policies, which is totally fine. But I'll tell you this: she will be she will answer your que- the questions intelligently. She's in, she's a very good public policy maker. You don't have to agree with her conclusions to appreciate the fact that she knows what she's talking about. I've I've enjoyed covering her from the Missouri Times since she got elected. She's a thoughtful person, and it, she passes a couple tests. Can she run a credible campaign? Yes. Do the Republicans need somebody to challenge them and keep them honest in the opposition? Yes, they do. And number two, if she were to win, could she be competent and do the job? 
Absolutely. Now, would you like? A lot of us wouldn't probably like a lot of the things she would do, but she could, she'd be a very competent person. The state the state wouldn't lose its bond rating because of her. It's not like they're elected Maria Chappelle and Nadal. I mean, it's a competent, intelligent person who'd be taking the the reins. And um, we can debate uh, with her um, at eight o'clock whether she'd do a good job. And then. The thing I'm very excited about having back on the airwaves, Dan McLaughlin, the, I call him the voice of my adulthood, uh, the former Cardinals broadcaster, and he brought you all those great teams that Tony LaRussa managed. He brought you then down in the Mike Matheny years. Schilt kind of brought it back up before the bottoms fall out with Marmol. We're going to talk about how do we write the ship? How do we get the Cardinals back to being the Cardinals and not the doormat? I mean, John, uh, is it, am, am I wrong? And I and I don't think Marmol is up to this. This is Boy, the biggest uh, job in the Western <laughs> Hemisphere. He's the leader of the free world. There's I don't think a lot of upset off. Cardinal fans out there over the past few years. It looks like they're making some good inroads at building up the bullpen, but boy, it's kind of a wait-and-see thing this uh, far know, out. Sonny Gray's a legitimate top starter by all metrics. However, you're going to – if I just read you his stats, you'd be like, okay, he's a top starter. But Lance Lynn, I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired. Look, I, I love the Wayne Oyati thing. I love Pujols coming back. I'm over retirement. I'm over the uh, farewell concerts. I want top 50 hits, top 10 hits. I want the top hit. I want a World Series. Did you know, John, there are people in this world that are in, I believe, uh, what grade? They would be in junior high now that have never saw a Cardinals World Series win. Never in their life. That's the world we're living in right now. These kids are growing up with no direction, no hope. We're talking with Dan McLaughlin at 8.30, how we turn this around. I mean, I know it's December, but I mean, I don't really ever, I don't stop being a Cardinals fan really for even Thanksgiving. Uh, really even for Columbus Day, even when we're eliminated. So we're going to talk with Dan McLaughlin. It's going to be fun to hear Dan's voice back uh, back on the air about 8.30 this morning. Cool. Now, let's see. I just got a, an email from somebody offering me to watch the fourth Republican debate. I, I think it's the most erroneous thing. Just cancel them. If you don't have the Donald in... Just cancel the things. I, I, so we're going to come back. I want to get Hannah's perspective. We will be carrying that on uh, 93.9 The Eagle tomorrow night, 7 to 9 p.m. Well, I think we should debate on whether we should listen. <laughs> after we come back, we'll be back here. Uh, News Radio 950, The Eagle 93.9. We'll be right back after this. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Miss some of the show? Check out our podcast at 939theeagle.com. If a little bit of that electric guitar doesn't get you ready to go in the morning, I don't know what's going to. I tell you what might get you going in the morning. Let's talk a little Republican debates, and Let's do our D.C. rundown. All right. So we I like the uh, I like the charge of the hill. That's sort of what I feel like if you're in this Republican debate. Um I mean, let's be honest. If we were all sitting at a bar, would we watch these four debate or would we watch Donald Trump eat a salad? I mean, <laughs> they're just boring people. That that little skinny Ramaswamy guy is interesting, but he's in a really hateable way. He's like the Matt Gates of Indian Americans. He's just kind of annoying, right? You think so? Oh, God. I mean, he just looks like the kind of guy that would promise... He would tell you anything in the world to get you to give him a ride...
vote for him, let him borrow five bucks. So like any other politician? Except more <laughs> Weasley and more skinny. Okay. I don't trust skinny people. Uh, I don't think you should either, by the way. Uh, I like Chris Christie. I think he's funny, but us fat guys got to stick together. Uh, I, I think Nikki Haley could actually be president. I mean, she seems like she's got the judgment, too. DeSantis just seems boring. Millie, do you know anything about these people? Except we did go to Florida during COVID, and we all loved it. He did do a great job of ignoring COVID during COVID. Right. You remember yeah. we went down to Destin, yeah. how nobody had to wear a mask. No. It was so funny. We saw these people that you know came from the cities, and you know they wore a mask because yes. they thought it was like the self-righteous thing to do. They get to Florida, they're like, woohoo, freedom. Yep. No more of this mask stuff. Florida was kind of like the wild, wild west and, of the United yes. States. And in Missouri, the Lake of the Ozarks was oh, the wild, wild the, west. The lake. I think the lake is still benefiting from their tremendous COVID policies, a.k.a. no COVID None. policies. Great job by them. So if, you, if you're talking about a debate, uh, I just don't think there's anything that could be said during this debate that anybody's going to find, oh, I'm not voting for Trump now. Like, I like political theater, and I think it's interesting to watch Chris Christie throw some barbs, and I think it's awesome. We're going to air it here on The Eagle tomorrow night. Nikki Haley looks like, I guess the question I would have, Hannah, has Trump ruined politics for people? I mean, after after the bar of Trump being so amazingly interesting, I mean, when he called Jeb Bush a wuss, I mean, that's I looked at him like, yeah, I think he's right. I think Jeb Bush comes off a little bit like a wimp. When he said crazy Ron Paul, the guy looks crazy to me. I mean, it's it's just it, could anybody top the interest? John Marsh, you've covered a lot of politics. Has Trump ruined it for everyone? He's like you said. I think the perfect phrase you just said. He's definitely raised the bar. If you want to play with Trump, boy, come on in. The water's warm, right? I mean, Nikki Haley's kind of cachet is I'm a serious adult, and I could actually be president of the United States. I think she's the kind of person that cares herself in a way that could be president. No one wants to see that. They want to see someone throw a pie in someone's face now, right? Unfortunately, I think you're right. No one really cares about actual policies anymore. Oh, God, no. They care more about, you know, the burns and the disses that they see on the debate stage. And, and it, the, the, the sad part about that is, I think at the end of the day, it's going to take a national tragedy. Like, I was alive for 9-11, um, uh, and I, I do think that I remember people got serious then. People took life seriously. They took government seriously for about 20 minutes. I, I don't. I think it's going to take a national tragedy for us to take it seriously. Until then, it's just going to be who can throw the pie in each other's face. Who can give the, the most, as you, as Millie would call it, is, is a sick burn. Did I say it right? No. How, Absolutely not. Awkward. Okay, well, I, try, I tried to be. I was trying to be hip and impress my daughter here. Obviously, that. Okay, fell. I tried to explain to you what hip was in the car, and you. Still don't get it. Well, Millie, I've always said if you're still using the word hip, <laughs> you're not hip. Exactly. You're not. <laughs> well, okay. okay. Well, I feel like we should have the sad trumpet play. Millie, M Millie did try to educate me on one of the terms the kids use these days. It was riz. Oh man, that's the word of the year from uh, one of the dictionary websites. Of Trey Fauché was in with Mizzou College Republicans. Okay, Trey's probably hipper than me. Uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Trey and I had to attempt to explain to Stephanie Bell what Riz was. Okay, maybe you can explain it better because I was trying to explain it to him and he doesn't get it. I'll read you the definition that I I'm gave. I'm already nervous if Stephanie didn't get it, who I also think is far more hip than me. <laughs> that That's already giving me some, that gave me hipness anxiety. I told him it's compelling attractiveness or charm that can inspire devotion in others 
Yeah, I kind and, of I kind of said it's like someone's game, like if they're kind of oh, trying so to like play. Oh, so like Yadier Molina. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Like if you see... Scamming the ladies, yeah. the angle plays <laughs> into yeah. it. Okay. It's like if you see a guy really turning on the charm to try to yeah. impress a girl at the bar, like he's really, he's risen her, right? Yeah. Like he's yes. trying to woo her. So would this be sort of like Curtis Gregory from 10 years ago, Cotton Bowl winner, trying to, to scam on Kella, his now wonderful wife, he would have to turn up his riz? Is that yeah. what we do? Uh, yeah. Ah, I'm getting yeah. it, I'm getting it. It's like his we'll game, try. you know? Okay, but don't start using that word around the house, please. <laughs> I don't know. I may get me an Urban Dictionary and just start dropping. Oh, boy. Don't get on Urban Dictionary. Well, I'm so sorry, Millie. What I yeah. might need is, instead of, you get a calendar of the day for Christmas if you're really old. Maybe I need like a hipster <laughs> calendar of the day, word of the day, where I could so just like pull an it. advent calendar. Yeah. Yes, could... an advent calendar for nerds <laughs> or old people. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gonna. Well, we could do I that. It was yes. explained to me that riz comes from the word charisma. Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. I, I did not learn oh. that until just yesterday. I didn't know that either. So I, I think if if you're watching, you can watch this now on Facebook, on the internet, YouTube. I, I watch on YouTube most mornings. If I adjust these headphones just right, it covers up the gray in the sides of my hair. And I think that would up my wrist. Well, I wear the really big headphones. <laughs> I think that would truly up my wrist game. We're going to check in no, on Curtis. No, you don't need to riz. I don't need to riz? You are, no. I don't know if that's a go. compliment Scott or if I've got, got a game already, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's what I'm going to go with. Thanks, Millie. We're oh, gonna, boy, saved by the break here. I'm telling you. We're huh. going we're gonna to check on uh, my buddy Curtis Gregory. Sarah Presidium Curtis Gregory is going to be joining us. Cotton Bowl winner, former uh, Mizzou Lime, is going to be with us after this. Listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri from anywhere in the world by downloading our app for free. Left takes the handoff, cuts it back right to the 35, to the 30, spinning inside the 25 on his feet. The record perhaps to the 10, to the 5, to the house. His fourth rushing touchdown. It's a Cotton Bowl record. And there we go. Our next guest played a big role in that Cotton Bowl record. He's still representative, but I think right now, this time of the year, I think he'd be more proud of Cotton Bowl winning Mizzou lineman Curtis Gregory. Welcome back to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. What? Thank you for having me on, and what a what a great day that was back on January first of two thousand eight. I mean, you go on some shows, representative, and they talk about politics. Or they have your intro as some sort of like "Fortunate Son" by Creedence Clearwater. We bring you in with the voice of the Tigers. Um, I had to be your proudest moment. I mean, th- this is the gold level treatment here. This is the black and gold level treatment here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. I mean, if it would have been CCR's Fortunate Son, I definitely would not complain because that is probably one of my favorite all-time classic rock songs. But and the Andy uh, Blunt and the Andy Blunt anthem, right? Nah, nobody better in the business than Mike Kelly when it comes to doing uh, radio broadcast. Boy, he is good. I mean, you, he can make a blowout game in September sound like the most dramatic thing you've ever heard. He he's just talented. Uh, Very talented. Yes, sir. Okay, we, we'll talk politics in a second, but let's talk about the good stuff first. Mizzou going to the Cotton Bowl, that had to fire up you had to fire you up a little bit, right? Oh, for sure. And what what better opponent than to go smack down on a Big Ten than uh, Ohio State, um, especially uh, you know the the Big Ten, they, they, everything they claim, and Ohio State and Coach Ryan Day, great coach, obviously. But uh, is he a great coach? I mean, he's well, get Harbaugh just owns him. I mean, Harbaugh, my goodness, Harbaugh has to pay property taxes on him, doesn't he? I mean, he owns that guy. 
maybe. Uh, but, you know, any time you can go and just lose one game a season, um, that, that means you're doing something right. And um, he's had a lot of success at Ohio State. Just hasn't been able to get over that one little hurdle they like to call Michigan. Yeah, yeah, when we have a manager that loses to the Cubs, I think he should do the right thing like a samurai warrior and fall on his sword. But I guess they have different different uh, standards of success in Ohio. Uh, real quickly, are we catching them at the right time? I hear their quarterback's going in the portal. Uh, they have some players that are worried about the draft. I, it feels like we're catching Ohio State maybe at a good time. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, one of my biggest pet peeves in college football is a player that'll play 12 or 13 games throughout the season, and then you get to the big bowl game, and it's, yeah, I'm not going to play for my team anymore. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I understand it to certain degrees. You know, you're worried about getting hurt, but, you know, you can blow an ACL out just as easy in game six against, you know, Middle Louisiana State Southern University, as you can in a bowl game. So, all right, the, the, all my complaints, but it's still Ohio State. The game's still got to be played, and when we win, it's still going to go down as a win over Ohio State. There will be no asterisks that says, "Well, they were missing X amount of players." The cupcake questions are over here because the man who knows more about college football than I've forgotten, <laughs> Brian Osworth, came in the studio. Brian, all right, Scott, thank you so much. Great job uh, hosting here, and I know Scott's going to ask you about the politics thing, but I do want to and. It, this ties in, though. I wouldn't say politics, but it obviously went through the General Assembly. It was a big deal representative um, back in August. I remember it was a hot day. Eli drank with a lot of people at the time. He was on the hot seat. He'll be the first to tell you that. I mean, there were people that wanted to run him out of town. There were people who were saying Brady Cook wasn't a SEC quarterback. I certainly remember seeing some of the tweets. But I remember you standing at the podium at Faroe Field. Eli Drinkwitz was right next to you. And you talked about the importance of the NIL bill. And I'm going to read a quote of the, basically what you said. You said, this is talking about the bill. You said you had teammates that regardless at home, they had a situation where the scholarship stipend check that they were getting, it meant more to send that money back home and help take care of their family than it did to find an apartment. End of quote. What you were talking about is you were fortunate enough to have your parents come see you and with the NIL, uh, uh, before that, a lot of these kids, their parents were never able to see them until senior day. Oh, let's talk about that. I think th- think that's worth mentioning. You brought it up that day. Oh, for sure. You know, there were some of my teammates that um, I know I know for a fact that they, they slept on other teammates' couches and, and sent their entire stipend check back home. They had, you know, brothers and sisters. And, and you know, like I said, the money was more needed there. Um, teammates that the first game their parents watched, like I said, was there on senior day. And that just, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough. My folks, uh, my mom, I think, missed two games. It was because my sister was having a kid. You know, go figure, maybe my mom wanted to be at that. But <laughs> uh, my pops made every single game that I ever played in for the course of uh, eight years of uh, football. And they, my, my dad even came to the one scrimmage he got to play in, in Carolina. So the importance of having family um, you know, being able to come watch, you know, watch you play. And just the simple fact that the NCAA couldn't figure out something along those lines, even pre NIL of, Hey, let's figure out a way to get these kids as parents to, you know, at least travel to one or two home games a year or, um, to one away game a year, something along those lines, just to instill that, you know, that, that system of having family at games with you. Yeah, the and the only thing I would mention, Representative and Scott, is this very important because I I think it gets lost a lot in the media.
when Representative Gregory sponsored that bill, a lot of attention is on Mizzou football and basketball. By the way, it affects all the other sports. But it impacts student-athletes across the state. It could be at Southeast Missouri State, Missouri State. It doesn't matter, but that's the way the bill reads. Well, without you passing that bill, there is no way Mizzou's in the Cotton Bowl. There's no way they have 10 wins. There's no way they still have Luther Burden. I mean, that's just a fact. If you don't pass that law, uh, we're, not, we're not having the fun. We're having watching Mizzou sports right now. Go get you some red hot Ripley potato chips, and um, <laughs> yeah. I, think the, I think the ultimate troll. You know, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but allegedly Brady Cooks got an nil deal with Emo's Pizza, and the wow. Tennessee players were eating Emo's Pizza after the game. So I don't know if there was a picture of Brady Cook on the pizza box or not. But uh, talk about the ultimate troll job if there was. Curtis, when we go back and think about the whole debate at the State House when you were in the middle of the NIL thing, I remember it got tacked onto that education bill by Senator Washington and all, and it all got kind of blurred. It was kind of a typical example of what happens at the State House, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, the, the first year, uh, the very first year we did something, the very first year we did something, it was uh, an amendment offered by Senator Shore. Um, and there were some people that still was, was thinking that it was all taxpayer-funded scholarship money um, that went to the university, and that, that wasn't true. So I spoke against that the second year, um, worked through all the amendments and everything with Senator Barbara Washington. And uh, she did the work over in the Senate for me. And luckily, we were able to kind of find some consensus and um, and come to an agreement. And um, then again, this year, worked with uh, Senator Nick Shore, and um, he was able to put it on some things in the Senate and get it sent back over to us. So, you know, the, the, the teamwork um, mantra that I, I played with for five years is the same down here. You know, you got to work together as a team to get things done sometimes. Senator uh, Barb Washington, uh, Mizzou graduate, Mizzou J School graduate, right? And, and former athlete. We got to watch the last part of that Florida game down on the field with her, and there was nobody, including the players, including the coach, as excited as Barb Washington was. She was coming unglued. Ah, <laughs> the, what a way to end the last couple of games. Oh, um, my goodness. The the I know my little nine year old. She said this is so intense. <laughs> um, just, just to hear that language, like this is so intense. I'm like, yeah, imagine being a player down there. <laughs> I, I I really can't imagine the fact, that, the fact that Mizzou is closing out those games this year, like we are those close games, as opposed to last year when first every single game we lost was one score ball games, and this year you're closing them out. So the difference between winning and losing sometimes is just extremely small coach pickle said many times winning is hard um brady cook played with a torn labrum all of last year and um now that it's fixed look what he's doing well uh we uh rick text in drinkwitz deserved coach of the year he really did deserve it didn't he I, I think he definitely deserved it um, to go from you know what what it was last year to be in this national conversation, this national spotlight. Um, to me, I think a sign of how great of a coach he is. Look at how many guys we have that are going to play in this bowl game that are talking about coming back for another year um, in a world where the transfer portal has turned you know college football unfortunately into free agency like what it is. Um, look at the players that we have that, that aren't leaving before the bowl game that are going to come back and play another year in Columbia. All right, we've talked about the fun stuff. Let's talk about politics. You're going down today for a state budget hearing. Uh, those things are uh, as, as fun as Mizzou is to talk about. Right now, the state budget's a little dreary, isn't it? <laughs> 
Uh, I think the consensus revenue estimate came out, you know, quite frankly, honestly, better than I was expecting. Um, Is it optimistic even? Is it too optimistic? I I don't think it's too optimistic. Like, uh, everything I had heard is that... um, Better than expected, better than what we were sort of talking about when we met as a House Republican caucus earlier um, last month. Um, So what we're doing now is we're just kind of trying to get a little bit of a head start since all the committees are set this year as opposed to when a new General Assembly starts and at least just uh, try and get some of these departmental budget hearings out of the way. Um, to hopefully maybe give us a head start in the process so we're not getting it, you know, getting the budget done at the last waning hour of that first Friday in May. I, Curtis, yeah. Curtis, what about uh, Dean Plocker? What's a, what's hap- going to happen there? Are you reserving judgment? What's your take on it? Uh, just uh, waiting on that ethics committee report. Um, you know, there was something that we had a lot of closed-door talks on um, in that caucus meeting, and uh, waiting to see what the th- ethics committee uh comes up with and decides on um you know i don't feel like we're in any one position to judge until all the information and facts are out there curtis uh the missouri times reported yesterday it's likely carl esslinger a uh, former house member current senator is going to move over and run desi uh in just a, just 10 seconds what do you think of that move I think it's uh, I think it's great. Um, if memory serves correctly, she's a former educator. I've yes. got a niece that's going to college to become a teacher, and her question to me was at Thanksgiving, "Why do we not have any type of educator at the top of the Desi system?" So now I get the messenger and say, "You're going to now." <laughs> I love that. Well, Curtis, I tell you what, uh, for all of you guys that think Curtis is a big strap and tough former MU player, but when he calls you, it still comes up Kella Gregory, his wife. You never too big a deal. I'll end you with an M I Z. Z-O-U. We'll be right back here on News Radio 950 and the Eagle 93.9 after this. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Freedom of speech. Practiced here daily and perfected on the podcast. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Welcome back in. Wake up, Mid-Missouri. I'm Scott Fun filling in for Stephanie Bell today. It's like, She's like the carbon San Diego of friends of mine. I never know what exotic location Stephanie's going to be in day to day. I, I, I can't even keep track of it. I had my daughter, Millie, here with us. She's falling out. She has a new respect for how early Hannah and John get up in the morning. Speaking of John, we're joined by the radio legend, John Marsh. Thank you for sticking around with us, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning. And Hannah, keeping the trains running on time. Trying to, man. I, I tell you what, Curtis Gregory's a good guy. He, he's like your solid person you want making decisions in government. Uh, doesn't <laughs> run too hot, doesn't run too cold. Plus, being a former Mizzou linebacker, Cotton Bowl winner and record setter, that doesn't hurt anything, does it, John? No, he opened up a lot of holes for Chase Daniels' offense back in the day, didn't he? Oh, man, I'm telling you. And and what a fun time to be a Mizzou fan. And what I, I forgot to ask him, but I think I know the answer. I assume he's going back, right? <laughs> He'll be going to the Cotton Bowl, where I just looked at the line, Ohio State favored by two and a half. I don't know. I, I feel the like... tickets are all gone already. Uh, all of Mizzou's allotment is gone, but I think they have yeah. the game now at the big Cowboys AT&T Stadium, right? I would be shocked if they sell 100,000 tickets for the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, good I mean, point. You can still go down and get tickets. You just won't be able to sit in the Mizzou area. But I, I think it's going to be fun. Millie, uh, while we're while I've got you on the radio here, are you interested in going to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl? Yes. Ah, maybe. Hannah, <coughs> do you by chance need a, a, course, a, a, a Cotton Bowl correspondent? 
from down on the <laughs> like scene on in the Dallas. scene reporting yes. would be cool yeah yeah i think maybe uh, i got you you could even do a little play-by-play for us okay maybe we can get you on kwos for their coverage of the game oh nice there you go you could be you could i don't i don't <laughs> the think- look on millie's face is priceless right now like uh-oh I don't know if sideline reporter works, but maybe just on the scene correspondent. John can give you a few tips, you know, coach. Up. Maybe get one of the mics with the cool little flag on it. Yeah, here uh, you go. I, I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Later this morning, uh, coming up, we have Andrew Bailey, just endorsed by Eric Schmidt. John, uh, I was surprised if you kind of if you look a little deeper in Republican politics world. Eric Schmidt's in Washington now. Most Washington folks are for Sharf. Uh, Andrew Bailey's opponent. Uh, they share a consultant in Axiom Strategies, uh, Sharf and Schmidt. But Schmidt comes in and endorses Andrew Bailey, the Missouri farm boy, the war hero. Uh, I've not seen very many people spend much time in Washington that aren't for Sharf. I haven't seen very many people spend much time in Missouri not for Bailey. I was kind of uh, impressed by Schmidt. That took some guts. Yeah, it kind of came out of left field a little bit, I think, for a lot of people, Scott. You know, really early on going an endorsement for that. But, boy, he, you know, he spoke from where he feels. And I, I think part of that, uh, the old uh, Polk County Sheriff, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, Eric Schmidt was going to find a way to succeed no matter what, probably. He just, he's just, when I mean, you covered a lot of these guys, Eric was just talented. He was on a little bit le- different political level of talent than a lot of other folks. But it was the old sheriff that appointed him from Treasure to AG, uh, and he ran with it with gusto. Uh, many, many of your news headlines included Attorney General Eric Schmidt. And he did the same for Bailey. I wonder if the old sheriff wasn't back in there somewhere helping make that happen. Yeah, I mean, you could be. You know, maybe he was looking for a, a key center for his pickup basketball team. Too. <laughs> uh, that whoever whoever landed Schmidt in any sort of political Schmidt's like it, I don't know that Schmidt's athletic, but he's like politically athletic, right? In a, in a in a world of politicians, it's he like was pretty athletic in the uh, congressional baseball game with his big say. triple. Exactly, I think he's an all star for political athletes, right? It's like a special asterisk, right? I don't know that he would compete with like a great high level slow pitch softball team, but with a team of politicians, yeah, I think he's right there at the top of the heap. Missouri's well represented there. He he got more game than Jay Nixon had on the hardwood at any time. Oh, you're digging a hole there. Those are fighting words. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, uh, Carl Esslinger, reported the, the Missouri Times reported yesterday, it's likely that she'll be named the, as the new head of uh, DESE. I think she's going to start in July after the legislative session. John, you've covered a lot of politicians. Uh, she just has that southern Missouri horse sense. I think... You know, there's a lot of folks wondering what Desi, what good Desi is. A lot of the education establishment people are wanting to just end Desi and just get it, get it out of school's hair. Uh, she seems like if everything goes to plan, the right person at the right time. Well, you know, like your niece said, I mean, she's got the bona fides. She was what, you know, a teacher and a school yep. superintendent and worked for Desi in the past, didn't she? Uh, she's worked for Desi. She's worked for, I think, the, the, the national department, which gives a different, different view. People forget, you know, you, you can always, I've, I've, I just kind of found if someone accuses somebody else of being in the swamp, that person's in the swamp, right? Both their feet are wet while they're talking. Uh, you do need to have some knowledge of, of the bureaucracy and most of the money that comes through the state. I mean, Curtis Gregory's going down to the state budget. Of that ag budget, how much of that is just federal government money sent to the states to spend? It's not like they're deciding if they cut taxes, they won't affect that money uh, because it's federal money. And a lot of Desi stuff is that federal money. I, I, I think more than anything else, it's the credibility she brings. It's a wise move. Charlie Shields doesn't miss. 
We'll I, be, think, I think she's really right on the money. We'll be right back at the top of the hour with Attorney General Andrew Bailey after this.